Hey everyone, welcome to Geek Freaks. My name is Kevin and I'm joined by Scott. How you doing? And I'm joined by Tyler. Hey, what's going on guys? It's we're, like to be here. We're the with a B team today. They've got the ringers running this show today. The unlikely the unlikely trio. <laughs> the B team. I'm not even on the team most of the time. <laughs> uh, those of you unfamiliar with us, uh I'm Kevin. I do pushing buttons. I do Trek freaks. Uh, Tyler is uh, from round three. Uh, man, that that show's a fun show to listen to. By the way, I'm just gonna throw that out there right now. Awesome. And Scott has been a mainstay for for Geek Freaks since before day one. So he's a big part of the Discord. He's the moderator there. He's a Twitch moderator. He's just always been a part of the community. And I'm glad to be able to talk with him here on the podcast today. Uh, it's glad to good to be here today, Bob. <laughs> 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 we got a lot of news to get to, but before we do that, I got a question for you guys. What what video game would make the best afterlife? And Tyler, why don't we start with you? Uh, man, I really had to think about this. I was pretty much the whole day. I was thinking like, man, there are so many games that could work for this. And I think I'm picking it just based purely on nostalgia. Okay. I would say any of the Pokemon franchises would be a fantastic afterlife. Cause just imagine like you're in the afterlife and you're like, all right, you walk into professor Oaks, you get a free Pokemon and you battle and you just get to take people's money. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> great. I thought you were going like, to say something about companionship and about, you know, not having to worry well, yeah, about damage to your too. own self, but you know, you know, money. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah well, that too. Yeah, I mean, he just wants to be the best and take people's yeah. money. I mean, I'm down with that. Right. Right. Dude, I'm from the fighting game community. That's what it's about. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, what generation of Pokemon are you more familiar with or what game would you want to live in? Or after live in probably probably the diamond and pearl era. Okay, not the newest ones that came out on the Switch, not the remaster, but the original. I mean, I played that game. I probably put three thousand hours into it. I mean, it was Damn. my fa- it was my favorite game. I had complete Pokedex. I had all starter shiny. I had um, all legendary shiny at one point, and then. I gave the game to one of my friends, like fully completed, and he was like a competitive Pokemon player. So I was like, "You could use this." So nice. So yeah, that's that's my answer. I think it would just be. I think the Pokemon would be a super awesome afterlife, fun ordeal. Yeah, it seems relatively peaceful. I mean, rel- very relative, but yeah, it, I would personally. I'm a I'm a dog guy. I've got a dog. My wife mm-hmm. and I have a dog, and. I don't think I go a single podcast episode without talking about her. So mm. <laughs> Pokemon would be a good choice. Right. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm totally there. My wife and I are about to get a dog too. So nice. I think that kind of plays into it as well. Awesome. So, all right, Scott, what about you? Um, you know, I'm kind of, uh, kind of torn between two. Um, you know, first, I mean, kind of Minecraft, right? I mean, you can do whatever you want in Minecraft. You can build yeah. things, you can build your dream home. You can tr- travel the, infinite world uh but also grand theft auto (laughs) i can see the similarities there (laughs) because it's like real life but you can do whatever you want and there's no consequences that's fair everybody just gets rezzed at the hospital anyway so like no harm (laughs) no foul right you can drive around crazy you can go pay people for things you can go rob people i mean it's like whatever you can live out any ridiculous fantasy 
with your friends, whether it's good or bad. And it's just like, you're not really hurting anybody, you know? <laughs> you just fuse them together. Yeah, like Grand, <laughs> so Grand Theft Minecraft. Gra- <laughs> Grand Theft Craft. <laughs> Grand Craft Auto plus mining I, I i don't know i got there's something there there's something there. yeah there's something something there <laughs> but i do i do like the gta one i do really like that i think that's a really good pick because like yeah there's no consequences like you just literally could get absolutely machine gunned down by the army and you just walk up in the hospital and you're like i'm fine I'm yeah good. yeah i just like pay pay your bill <laughs> go you know go about your day like yeah <laughs> that's a good choice man i feel really boring with my choice because I, I i chose one of my favorite games of all time and that's star wars galaxies but it's be- like the original mm-hmm. version of it before mm-hmm. uh, sony screwed that game up and that's mostly because that game was all about living essentially a second life it was like if second life the game was yeah. star wars so mm. you hang out with friends you uh there's no like quest lines you just basically do whatever the hell you want within the Star mm. Wars universe. So that's where I'm at with that. I, I would love to yeah. live either as a Jedi or a bounty hunter, even like a droid engineer, be able to fly yeah. in space and all that. Man, that'd be so much fun. Yeah, it's super interesting that you bring that up because I feel like there are games out there that are like that, that are very successful. And you think that the Star Wars one like would have like right. continued on for like years on end, but like i don't know what happened with sony in that game so it's just it's interesting that is a good pick though because like i mean still you could be a bounty hunter and still like you know go out and have that action right. so it's like it's not that boring. The bounty like, hunter. yeah it's not it's not like you picked like hello kitty island adventure oh i like, didn't think it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so I mean, just let's go for it scott sorry i just wanted to point out i mean the common theme between the three of us though is that there's there's a lot of freedom involved, you know, to just kind of like play the game and pursue your dreams, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically stuff that you wish you could do while you're alive that we're realizing, no, we got to work ourselves until we're dead and then we can live a life, essentially. Yeah, right. yeah I mean, in Pokemon, your, your character just runs around all the time, never gets tired, you know? Right. Where, where's that? And I need that in my life. <laughs> be able to hop on the back of a pokemon and be able to surf the ocean or something yeah no one ever sleeps you ever notice that no one sleeps in pokemon yeah you don't have to pay any fees to go anywhere either there's no like toll bridge or anything like that you just go everywhere and they're like all right cool are there even any cars in pokemon in any iteration nah bro just bikes bicycles well that's the dream you can ride the Pokemon, so I essentially do call that a type of vehicle because you can like ride, you know, like Ash rides Rapidash, like you can ride Arcanine, or like you can ride your Dragonair, like basically any flying type can take you anywhere. So I changed my answer to Pokemon. It's <laughs> <laughs> too late. You're already locked in. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, getting to the network news, uh, we're going to be, and by we, I mean none of us here, but Frank and crew are going to be at Lodi Comic Con coming up on May 8th. They're going to be doing a live Geek Freaks, a live Trek Freaks, and a live Disney Moms Gone Wrong recording each from there. I'm stoked to listen to those. Uh, I, I hear that the live recordings are always a lot more fun. Not a lot more fun, but they're a lot of fun because you don't get to do them very mm-hmm. often. 
I have yet to be a part of that, but I, if I was local, I'd be going to that for sure. The, the live recordings are very fun. My first recording with Frank was at a uh, Sacramento gaming con. Oh, okay. So I was a part of a live one and it's, it's so different compared to like just sitting down and doing it in like a official one. Right. Cause you're just like, so out there, you hear it in the background. It's so different. It's a different environment and it's a lot of fun. Nice. So it's like, it's, it's like the crowd that, like, is hyping you up kind of thing. Yeah. And you get like the kids walking by who are like, Oh, what are they doing? Like, <laughs> like they're all like curious and they get behind you and you can hear them like whining in the background that they're not getting a game or something or like, they're like, Oh, what's this? Like you I'd can be, hear all the, all the commotion in the background that goes on. That so it's, just, it's really cool. It'd be nerve wracking for me though. Like, especially doing Trek freaks, because I feel like Star Trek fans are like the most hardcore or some of the most hardcore fans. And if there's something like, Oh, what's that guy's name? It's like, somebody be yelling at me make me feel like an idiot and it's, ah there's so much pressure yeah, <laughs> i mean that's kind of let him yell at you and then tell him to get a life yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well it's, it's like i mean yeah it's like they'll, they'll yell at you but you know what it's fine <laughs> you just go on with it uh, you just say you just say thanks right after my dog was checking on me i had to see what that noise was gotcha. yeah actually you should probably do what he told you just say thanks you know because that's a little nicer um i'd tell him to get alive like whatever <laughs> like it's it's star trek it came out like before any of us were born anyway so <laughs> that's a fair it's point like in the, yeah it's like the dude yelling in the background it's like it's got the curve thanks <laughs> <laughs> uh speaking of trek freaks we got a new trek freaks coming out this week there's a geek freaks interview coming out this week and a new round three as well coming out this week so listen to a lot of yeah, a lot of a lot of new stuff to listen to. A lot of exciting things. Um, I actually did the Geek Freaks. I did a Geek Freaks interview. Um, normally, I don't do them, but I did ask Frank. Um, you guys don't know this about me. I am a huge fan of Tetris, like biggest fan of competitive Tetris. Okay. And I actually got to interview one of their like PR representative guys. His name is uh, a Game Scout. He does like all the YouTube videos on like, you know, his um, like his when he went to the classic Tetris world championship in 2018 and 2019, like his experiences there and kind of talking through that, how to build your own setup, how to get into competitive. Like he basically is that sole representative who's like making videos for everyone. So he has like videos with millions and millions of views. So I got to interview him a little bit and just talk to him about the competitive Tetris world. So I think that might be the episode. I'm not sure though, but I know that Frank did message me about it saying that he was releasing one. So heck yeah, I would uh, do the same thing about Trek freaks and say what episode we're talking about next, but I don't remember because we recorded it two weeks ago and my brain does not go back that far. <laughs> so yeah, I couldn't tell you what I ate for breakfast. So yeah, <laughs> wait, you eat breakfast? No, anyway, <laughs> let us move on to I, the uh, news. I have a monster for breakfast. Nice. That's the best kind of breakfast. It's a breakfast of champions. That's what I hear. All right, so moving on to the news. We've got PlayStation is forcing devs to make two-hour demos for the PlayStation Plus premium subscribers. There are some caveats to this, being that the, the games that, they're, that are being forced are games that are wholesale at $34 or more. The demos are to be two-hour minimums, or they can substitute it with a regular demo, uh, but that's on a case-by-case basis through Sony. So it seems like a lot of hoops that they're 
going through to try to get some subscribers to this premium version of PlayStation Plus. Tyler, I think you've got some thoughts on this. What do you think about that? Um, With the demos, I think a a lot of people see a negative in it because now the game developers have to, you know, do this extra two hours of work to like, you know, or not two hours of work, but like this extra work just to make this two hour demo to like, you know, just to please Sony and, and, and get their game out there. Right. But I think, I think the other part that I see is there's a huge opportunity for your game to get a really good following in a demo, because it reminds me of like back in the day when you would go to like, you know, target or Walmart and they had the game setups there and it was a demo little thing that you just played right there. It reminds me of that because it drags you into the game. And that's how I actually ended up buying um, Disney Extreme Skate Adventure. It was a like Tony Hawk style pro skater game with Disney characters. And I never thought I was going to like it because I was like, oh, I like, you know, the Tony Hawk games are super cool. Like this Disney one can't be that good. So I played the demo for like the hour they had it for. And I was like, I'm so in. So there is I think there is a positive to it that it's going to draw more people into your game and and give you that, you know, commission and opportunity for you to really push out and and get your game out there. So, I think there's a lot of good in it. I think it's it's going to be a little bit tougher on the developers and they're they're wanting to push the PlayStation Premium, which, you know, you're a big company, you're wanting to push your best products. So, I see what they're doing and it's going to be really tough on those developers, but if they can push through and make their demos look good, that's just going to boost their sales. Scott, I know you play primarily PC games. Um, When you are browsing through Steam and you see a demo available, do you tend to play those or do they catch your attention more that way if there's a demo available? I wouldn't necessarily say that, you know, a lot of things don't actually really have a demo available. Um, you know, it's, it's more indie games that do now. Yeah. You know, steam kind of rides on their, um, you know, their refund policy. Um, you know, you play a game for two hours. If you don't like it, you can return it. Um, and what sort of bothers me with the Sony thing in relation to that is, you know, sometimes you see these games that have two hours of fantastic gameplay. (laughs) And then by hour three, you're bored. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's because they're literally just trying to keep you for those two hours so you can't get your refund. Um, you know, and even uh, although like I played Cyberpunk, right? And I, I loved it. I played it all the way through. I think it's a, a great game, um, but obviously it's got problems. You know, a lot of open world games do. Um, but I did notice, you know, because the first time I started out, I just like blitzed through the storyline. The storyline really hooked me in. And I was like, I don't even care about this side quest nonsense, you know? Um, and about two hours through the storyline, <laughs> ran, ran into my first bug. The, the first two hours was, was flawless. It's like they worked on that so hard. And then super you could actually, first, yeah, super first polished experience. two hours. Yeah. Now you can't refund it. Um, and I don't understand why they're, they're doing it for like their premium subscribers only. When what you could do is you could offer all kinds of free demos, right? And then you could say, but you can get this game if you subscribe. You don't even have to pay for it. If you liked it, subscribe. You get the game. You can play it, you know? So I feel like the demos would actually work as a tool to market the subscription. I got gotcha. you. More so than market the game. Sort of a like a Game Pass situation that Xbox has going on. 
I don't know if they do demos for things if you're not a subscriber, but it's sort of a similar concept. Right. Yeah. You know, to to kind of market, they're like, hey, subscribe to us. And because I, I mean, I'm fairly certain that they have kind of the same game pass model where like you get free games you can play for the month mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, you know, I think it would probably just be a good way to hook people into their game pass instead of giving people maybe a bad taste, you know, when they spend the money on a game and two and a half hours into it, the game sucks all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I have the PlayStation Pro plus subscription. So um, you do get every month. There's like four or five games. And then there's a ton of add-ons for like really popular games. So like, for example, in Fortnite, there's like skins and, and all this kind of stuff that you get for free. Uh, Warzone, there's a ton of free skins and free random packages and that kind of stuff. Like there's a lot of free things for the larger scale games that already have a big following. So it's a bonus for those people who already have it. Um, but the free games are always, always pretty, I would say pretty good. And they kind of work as a, I would say a demo. Because if you don't have the subscription, then you don't have the access to the games anymore, which means you have to buy them. So like for me, for example, one of the games that I ended up picking up and I actually really enjoyed more than I thought I would was uh, Sonic Team Racing. Mm-hmm. And I got that for free. Um, and I played through it and I was like, man, this is just like a very, very intense version of Mario Kart. It's very, very similar to the structure of Mario Kart, but it's so like team oriented. And like when you're playing online with people, it's it's so different because you're actually racing in teams of three, but you're also racing individually. So it's this weird concept of stuff. So I think that there is this this place for these more for the indie developer, because these indie developers are, you know, are really pushing themselves and trying to make these amazing games and you know, if they have the ability to put out a demo to reach demographics of people who normally wouldn't play those games, it's it's just a huge opportunity for them to not only market themselves as a developer and as as a game, but also Sony gets, you know, the ability to say, "Hey, this subscription is the reason why you found this game. You should keep it. You should hold on to it." Yeah. It's nice that there is going to be kind of this push for demos again because we haven't really seen large scale demos since like the old school demo discs on the PS2 and Xbox. Um, I God, I love those things. You get a like I an Xbox those. magazine, pop in the disc, and you get like demos to nine or ten different games that are coming out that may not even be out yet. And yeah, the, the, I I do miss that. It does suck yeah. that it's being forced on developers. I think it should be kind of something that should be incentivized like hey these Mm -hmm. are how numbers are going for these guys who have demos maybe you guys should make a demo for your game as well right i I don't think it should be just a one and done everybody needs to do this if your game is worth more than 34 dollars to retailers or from a wholesale perspective so there's i i don't know i could go either way on it but it's nice to see that demos are coming back yeah, but you can see, I see, like, there are a lot of really good games out there that I see for $20. They don't have demos, mm-hmm. but, like, they're so highly reviewed, and they're at that price point where, like, 20 bucks on a game is not bad at all. Right. Like, easy, easy. Like, one of the games that I actually am playing right now and I really enjoy is um, Lethal League Blaze. That's it. So, it's basically, imagine a fighting game mixed with dodgeball. Okay. And it's just this, it's a crazy fun game. 
it was originally supposed to be like a $35 game because they were going to update the graphics and everything, but they dropped it down to 20 because Sony released this. And they're like, well, if they're just going to do this to us, we're just going to, you know, keep that 2D graphic like Street Fighter style and just make it 20 bucks and make it affordable to everyone. And now it has like a small cult following. So there is the argument that not all the developers necessarily need to do it if you're at that $34 price point, there's a there's a place for you to be able to drop down your price and just say what, you know, what we can let go of some of the graphical stuff, we can let go of this, we can let go of that and still gain that following. So there's an argument to both sides. You know, it is nice to see demos come back. I remember demos back in the day, the PlayStation discs or, you know, they were, you can find all kinds of demos on the PC, um, mm. you know, and and especially, you know, when you are looking at a game a $60 game, you know, and you're like, I mean, I can buy it, but is it worth it? Right. You know? Yeah. Um, if I could at least get in there and play it, you know, um, you know, even just for a couple hours, two or three hours, you know, it's definitely going to sway me one way or the other, most likely. Um, nice. and you know, for indie developers, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of games, you know, I could, I could sit here and buy $5 games on steam all day. And I mean, 90% of them probably aren't going to be very good, you know? And I think we've all yeah. bought into, you know, early access hypes and we've all been burned on video games and, and it mm. sucks, you know, cause it just feels like you wasted money. Um, mm. so, you know, demos are, are good, but I do see, you know, forcing them onto companies like, Hey, you have to have a demo. I don't know, you know, it's um in the console wars, I feel like it's a bad idea to do anything that's going to alienate game developers, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, the, the software is the backbone of the company, like or the, of the hardware, like you, you can have the, the the best graphics available on a PlayStation, but if you don't have the developers there to make the software <laughs> for it, then what's the point? Yeah. All right, well Tyler brought up Sonic with uh, Sonic Theme Racing earlier, <laughs> and so the next topic has to do with Sonic a little bit. Sega is now delisting uh, several Sonic games, the, the early ones, Sonic 1, 2, 3 and & Knuckles, and Sonic CD, from all digital platforms. This is because Sonic Origins is coming out in June. Man, this sucks. This is this sucks. On Pushing Buttons, Kyle and I have talked about digital versus physical before. And I'm on this retro game kick right now where I'm going and I just bought a Sega Genesis. I bought Sonic mm-hmm. 1 and 2 and Knuckles and I'm looking for a, a complete box of Sonic 3 still. But mm-hmm. man, this 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 sucks. This sucks. What what do you got to say about that, Tyler? Uh, it's 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 painful to hear it. It's it's really painful cuz I they're great games. Like that was Sonic 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 2, Sonic 3 and Knuckles was the game that my parents and i all sat down and played through all the games together so that was like it's it's sad to see that happen but like you know not every game is going to stay around forever it will in its own way for example the people you know like yourself you're on a retro game kick so you you know go out got yourself a sega genesis you got yourself you know sonic sonic 2 sonic 3 knuckles you know all that kind of stuff but I, not all of them are necessarily going off the market. There are the ones from the Nintendo Switch Online subscription that you're still able to play through their online subscription because they have the Sega Genesis. So you still have access to those right. games. If you are a Nintendo Switch owner, if you have the online subscription paid for, you're able to still play those. 
Um, but in regards to just everybody else, like it, it's 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 a tough spot because like you you want to have those games, and I actually still have on my Nintendo Wii. I actually bought all three of those games, so I have them on the. It's not an emulator, but it's like they're you know like back, back right. way back yeah. when console like when they were putting them up on the Wii Shop. I had bought them, so I have them on my Wii already. So it's like, it's not a huge loss for me personally. So I, from my perspective, it's not just a, it's not so much a bummer because you're losing access to games because most people that want Sonic games already, like you said, you own them on the Wii. Mm-hmm. I, I have my Xbox 360 version, disc version of the Genesis collection. I've got mm-hmm. Genesis games on Steam, and now I have the actual Genesis cartridges themselves. It's just the fact that they're, delisting one way to play a game in order to amp up to drum up interest in another way to play it that they're just selling now and sonic origins Mm. looks fantastic i'm gonna buy it day one that's that's not what for me that's not what it's about it's kind of about taking away some of the history of it you know like yeah sonic origins is gonna be those four games but there's gonna be new ways to play them they're not gonna feel the same they're uh Mm. high resolution it's just losing some of that appeal that the retro feel of even playing an emulated version of those games has to begin with so mm. it, it's 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 kind of a shame yeah and i and i've done the comparison of like playing on an actual sega genesis versus playing on you know the WiiWare versus like i had bought my dad for 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 his birthday i bought him one of those like classic sega genesis right uh, yeah. ones. so it had like you know the 25 games on it or whatever and it had sonic on there so i tried all three of them and like there's nothing is going to beat the original it's not right you, you you just can't it's the nostalgia like, factor for me yeah yeah it's it's it, you just can't it's it's really hard to do that i mean even the one on the wii i'm like they're just like these slight graphical differences that you just kind of feel when you're you know doing certain movements certain jumps all that kind of stuff so there there are things there and and there yeah sonic origins is going to be reselling it but i also you know kind of updating it doing something new with it i think will also drive some more interest as well in in the sonic gaming community just you know if they see the sonic origins game and they do some history look up they're like oh man like what what is this game you know like you know, way back when, like, what what's the difference between these two? And so they'll get more interested into it. So I think there's a, a push and pull. Yeah. Scott, I know you uh, probably have some things to say about the business side of this. Um, I, what do you think? Is this a good way for them to drum up interest in a new version of these games? Um, You know, when it comes to, like, Sonic specifically, you know, I mean, I played Sonic 2 back in the day. Who didn't? You know, anyone who, who had a Sega Genesis was playing Sonic 2. Um, you know, I, I think I played Sonic and Knuckles once upon a time. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't have the fondness for the Sonic franchise that I do for a lot of other things, you know. But when it comes to... Honestly, I'm just tired of every company trying to play off of nostalgia all the time. Um, so you're going to take away Sonic in this fashion so that you can try to force people to go play remastered sonic because that's what it is you call it sonic origins or whatever you want to call it this is a remastered version of a game that's already come out multiple times for multiple you know different platforms like just it just feels like i'm constantly being sold the same stuff over yeah. and over and over again and i'm just kind of over it man like 
<laughs> you know, um, yeah. so many of these games, they're, they're very cookie cutter. They're just like the last one, you know, um, some of these franchises. And if, if you want to drum up, you know, new Sonic business, then like, just make a good new Sonic game. I yeah. mean, how's that for like an, a revolutionary idea, you know? And that's kind of how I feel about it. Like, it, <laughs> it's just nostalgia, this nostalgia that everything's a remake, everything's a remaster. You know, um, it's it's very rare we get some hidden, you know, some gem of like, this is something great and and new and fresh. You know, it's just it just feels like the same old stuff all over again. And it's it's all just a cash grab, in my opinion that's what i was getting at with that is that i feel like it's it's definitely a cash grab now if they put a demo for sonic mania on sonic origins i i would love that because i don't think that enough people have played sonic mania because it's it's a completely different game but it feels just like sonic 3 and sonic mm-hmm. cd uh that game is mm-hmm. fantastic that game should be yeah. like that game needed more it, it's hard for me to get my hands on a physical copy of that and I mm-hmm. feel like that's that's a shame because that game was fantastic. It's very underrated. It's very underrated for for the for the type of game it is. And like I've I've played through it. It's fantastic. It 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 brings it back in a fresh way. And I totally agree with you guys that like they're kind of just slapping a new sticker on top of, you know, old Sonic games. And it's like, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, well, there's another argument that's like, well, yeah, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But like, there's also this this urge for wanting more and want, wanting something new and to change it up in a completely new way, the same way you did Sonic Mania. You know, there's that like, just like what Scott said, how about a new game? <laughs> just make a new good game. Yeah, like, exactly. It's 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 right there. So, yeah, I, to your point, they are changing the way you can play some of these games. Like, you can play. Any of them is Knuckles, which, you know, big freaking deal, that, whatever. Mm-hmm. But th- there's a way to play them. I think they're calling it Mirror Mode, where you play the games in reverse. Stages like, in reverse. Yeah. yeah. Um, th- th- that sounds really cool. Um, they're trying different things with it. I'm just afraid that they're going to be like, oh, now get the DLC expansion pack where you can play any of the soundtracks from any game in any of the other games. And uh, they're probably not going to do that, but that's just my pessimistic nature yeah. thinking that they don't, could don't give hey don't give them ideas <laughs> <laughs> they might be listening i think sega learned a long time ago to not listen to me specifically right <laughs> if someone Says, here someone from sega hears this super like yo that's a good idea let's hire that guy <laughs> when, when sonic they're not gonna hurt they're, they're, they're not gonna hire and they're gonna be like hey did you hear this podcast <laughs> yeah you think this is a good idea yeah all right, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, steal the idea oh, rather yeah. than pay somebody for it. He borrowed it. He borrowed My it. bad. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. He'll give it back one day when you pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of paying for it, Elon Musk. Um, you've probably heard this if you're ever on the internet. You've you've heard not only that he is a very very rich individual, but he is in the process of buying Twitter for forty four. I think it's forty four billion. With a B yep. billion dollars. He uh, has plans to take the company private, which I didn't realize that that was one of his plans was to take it private. He wants to make it the platform of free speech, which he says is the bedrock of a functioning society, which to his point is true. I don't necessarily agree with the way he means it, but that's neither here nor there. Scott, I want to lean on you with this one to start off with. What, what do you think? What are your takeaways from this? 
Well, I'd like I like to start with a question. Um, do both of you actually believe um, that he's going to go through with this buy? I think so. Simply because Elon Musk, when he said he was going to go to space, I didn't necessarily think that was going to be something that happened. And then it happened. And I think with Twitter, it's going to be one of those things where I, I don't understand why he would want to, but yes, I do. I I'm with, with the whole Elon Musk thing. It's like, there's a part of me that thinks it's a little fairy tale esque where it's like, Oh, Elon Musk buys this and it becomes this, you know, amazing free freedom of speech platform, you know, and the same thing with like him going to space and it actually happens. So like, there's a part of me that's like, Elon Musk does what Elon Musk wants to. So if he wants Twitter and he really wants to do it, he's just going to do it and nobody's going to stop him. So I think there, I think that he will. It's just maybe a matter of like when. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's definitely a process that, that comes with things like this, and I'm not super familiar with the process because I've never um, had the unfortunate circumstance of being a billionaire dealing with these problems. <laughs> um, but sure, yeah, I mean, you know, there's going to be plenty of lawyers, you know, writing up contracts and going back and forth. Um, you know, the the government's got to look at it and be like, is this, you know, a problem for antitrust laws or or anything of that nature? Um, you know, so this is a this isn't something that's going to happen tomorrow. Could be a few months. It could be as long as a year. You know, depending. Um, you know, and and with that, you know, there are places that have put up the capital for it, uh, or at least you know helped put up the capital for it. And um, I believe there is like a billion dollar guarantee that if either party backs out of this buy, um, then that billion dollars has to get paid to somebody. So. It looks pretty, pretty official. Looks like it's going to happen. Um, but, you know, my problem is there's there's two Elon Musks. There's Elon Musk, the businessman, right? The man who said, we're going to make an electric car and it's going to mm. drive itself. You know, the man who said, we're going to go to space. Um, but right now, what we're seeing, you know, and, and you have to understand Tesla Tesla has never been an extremely profitable company ever. Um, the, the price of, you know, the, the worth of their value of their stock is entirely on perception and future potential. So yep. when you have the, the owner, um, you know, CEO, super rich benefactor of it, that's saying, you know, I just want to go spend $44 billion on a meme, you know, is really what it is. Um, that looks kind of irrational to investors and we've seen it affect Tesla stock already. Now, if you're a businessman in Tesla, I mean, Tesla is his flagship, you know, SpaceX to a point, but like everyone thinks Elon Musk, they think Tesla. Mm -hmm. Um, so is the you know is the fear of this twitter by affecting his other businesses enough to like pull him back um you know because he's going to have to dilute his own stock in tesla to do this um you know because he's going to have to sell tesla stock and that doesn't look good to investors you know investors are are going to get a little spooked by that we've seen that happen already um uh, but then there's also 
Elon Musk, the Twitter meme lord, right? He's almost like the guy who, even though he's super rich and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people around the world, are just like Elon Musk bros. It's like he's still trying to fit in with the cool kids. Yeah. You know, um, and that's where I think a lot of this comes from. He's like, I'll just buy it and do what I want. But what comes with that is, I mean, how are you going to do that in, in China? Twitter's in China. You can't just have a total free speech platform in China. You just can't. So are you going to take Twitter out of China? Because that's a really big market to be pulling something out of. Yeah. Um, are you going to pull it out of the EU? Because the EU has certain regulations against certain types of speech. You can't run Twitter mm-hmm. there to, in the way that Elon Musk claims he wants to do. So is this just a real big stock manipulation plan? Did he kind of buy into his own hype? And now maybe he's having second thoughts? I don't know. Um, I almost feel like Twitter has just been calling his bluff this whole time. <laughs> You know, expecting him to not go through with it, but then it's kind of like he can't not go through with it because there's been so much hype around it, you know? So, um, I really don't know how it's going to turn out, but I think there's, there's a lot that goes with it. And it's not just, I'm a rich man who wants to buy things. I think it's kind of become a, a self-fulfilling meme. Like when he first said that he was going to buy Twitter, I took it as a meme, like, you know, ha ha ha. And then it picked up traction all of a sudden you've got you know news outlets talking about it you got like Stephen Colbert talking about it it's on late night so it's it, it's one of those things that just blew up to the point where it's like oh shit i can't back out of this now people are expecting <laughs> yeah. me to do this so that's why yeah, i'm thinking that, he's going to do it yeah i you know and and that's what it is i i i think it was just a meme you know he thought it was just this is a joke um and now mm. he's been pulled into this world of like well, what do I do now? You know, and I don't think that's yeah. a world he's in very often. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Us down here, the little people, we're in that world all the time. You know, like uh, your car breaks down. What do I do now? You know, um, Elon Musk doesn't have this problem often, but now he's staring at a $44 billion bill is what it is. And yeah. I'm not sure he wants to pay that bill quite yet. Yeah, I don't know when he's actually going to like go through with it. You know, it might take, you know, a lot of time for him to actually, you know, go through, make sure it's, you know, exactly what he wants it to be. Um, I thought it was interesting towards the end of that article that we were looking at that Elon Musk had talked about making it subscription based. And that was in the talks. So I don't know if you have any opinions on how that could work, Scott, or if that would influence anything in any way. I just thought that part of it, I was like, man, if you turn Twitter into a subscription, like you're going to lose a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, that's all speculation. You know, I mean, that's another thing that he did throw out there. Um, whether mm. he would or not, I mean, who knows, you know, at this point. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I think Facebook has kind of probed that idea in the past. At least there were always rumors, right? Everyone got those little chain emails like, on June 3rd, Facebook's going to become a subscription unless you pass this chain email along, you know, um, whether it was true or not, <laughs> right. I don't know. Um, but I, yeah. I'm pretty sure Facebook has probably looked into that in the past. And the truth is, there's enough social media out there. We don't have to pay for it. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't really 
care if this happens. Like, Twitter is just another Facebook. Facebook was just another MySpace. MySpace was just another message board. I mean, there, there's, there's always places to go. There's always things that can replace it if yep. something gets ruined. I'm not saying that Elon Musk owning Twitter would necessarily ruin it, but it would probably ruin it. Um, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's just always other he, places to go. I'm not saying he would ruin it, but it might go south. <laughs> just, yeah, I mean, there's no telling where... Oh, my phone's ringing. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's tell, no telling. Tell Frank to stop texting you. God dang it, Frank! <laughs> That's Elon Musk. He's already on us. Oh yeah, Musk. He's Musk listening to us right now. He's like, "Hey, don't put this episode out. I'll give you a billion dollars. I won't put it out. Thanks." He's like, "You didn't hear that I bought Audacity as well." <laughs> Could you imagine he buys Audacity? Oh my God, a free just out of piece of just software out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah just out of nowhere. <laughs> That's how we know he's been listening to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like Sega, out, he, he buys out Geek Freaks. I don't think that would happen. I I think we're worth more than $44 billion. I'm just going to throw that out there. But that, that, that leads me to my next point is, what the heck is $44 billion? Like, that's, an, that's just an amount of money that's so unfathomable by somebody like me that just... Yep, I, I don't live necessarily paycheck to paycheck, but it, it's just so much goddamn money that isn't even worth it. Right. Well, to put it into perspective, like... There are like 8 billion people in the world. Right. Like 8 billion. Yeah. That's $1 a person. Times five. And that's not even, yeah, that's not even, cut, <laughs> yeah, that's not even cutting a fifth of the money that's being spent on that. Yeah, like, he, I can give five, $5 to everybody and still have 4 billion left over. I mean, yeah. Which is crazy because, like, it's hard to quantify a billion of something. Like, it's so hard, like, yeah. even money-wise. Like, the only thing I really could maybe think about quantifying it in is, like, grains of rice. <laughs> it could probably be the only way I could be like, okay, a billion grains of rice. That makes sense. But I don't know. Just, like, quantifying that number money-wise is just insane. Yeah. So, like, trying to think of is, like, what is Twitter worth? How is it worth $44 billion? What is $44 billion? And why does Elon Musk want it to begin with? Like... These are just Where questions I yeah. don't have answers to. I don't think anyone really does. Musk, I mean, I Yona, guess Elon Musk, Musk does. <laughs> Hopefully. Elon Musk, Elon Musk probably flipped a coin for it. He's like, heads is 44, you know, tails is 23. Just flipped a coin. <laughs> and then, like, didn't even look at the coin because what the fuck is a coin to him? He has 40, it's yeah. 44 billion that he's wanting to spend. He on flipped, one thing. <laughs> he flipped no, he flipped a Bitcoin. Oh, You're right. <laughs> he's just got Bitcoins laying around the house for funsies, you know. Oh man. Or a do or a Dogecoin. He just flips one of those. <laughs> oh, oh man. Well, I am done talking about Elon Musk for a little bit. Let's move on to some fun stuff. Um CinemaCon is coming up, I believe, soon. I forgot to write down the date that it's happening, but it's basically the Comic-Con for movies. Um, I had to note that for myself because I've never heard of CinemaCon before. Frank is now regretting having me host as he's listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of movies were announced, with uh, some with release dates, some with without, and others with like full descriptions and stuff. Uh, from this list, do you guys have any 
uh, takeaways or anything that stands out to you guys? All right. Um, so just a heads up, uh, CinemaCon is April 25th through the 28th. That's why you're here. So it's <laughs> over. <laughs> gotcha. And oh, it, okay. CinemaCon happened, and that's when they announced the yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was during it, CinemaCon. It, uh, oh, it, I got ended, it. Yeah. it ended two days ago. It was at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. Uh, if you were there, congratulations. If you were waiting for us to let you know, I'm sorry we missed it. <laughs> You're a little late to the party. Yeah. Um, oh, it's been a long day. Frank, this is what you get for having us host. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm a terrible uh, podcast guest, and I, I have no idea what was announced at CinemaCon. Okay. Do you have no, any? So Tyler? I, 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 have a, I have two that I'm pretty excited about, just kind of looking at the list of them. Um, one of them is a musical that my wife and I enjoy very much, and I didn't know was becoming a movie. Um, it's Wicked, and I'm very excited to see that as a movie, especially in 2022, kind of just looking it over. Ariana Grande is going to be in it. She's, you know, a really good singer, yeah, I would say. Yeah, she's very good at what she does. So I'm excited to see where they put her in the casting of Wicked, like what character she's going to be and all that kind of stuff. So I, I really think that's going to be a great movie. Um, just a lot of the musicals, I would say overall, there are a couple that may not be as good as others, but I would say overall the the movie, you know, transition of it, works well in telling the story behind the musical okay so that that's one of them i'm i'm pretty excited about because you know we're big fans of it you know we'll probably go and see it whenever it releases the other one i'm excited about is the uh doctor strange 2 coming out because doctor strange was a fantastic movie if you have not seen that movie go see it rent it buy it get it on dvd i don't care my wife and i have have tickets to go see the new Doctor Strange movie uh, this coming Sunday, actually. Oh, dude. From tomorrow gonna, after recording. It's, it's so good. I'm not going to overhype it for you. It's not like the best movie in the world, but it's pretty good. It's pretty It's a good movie. Um, I was... I, I'm not interested in this, but I wanted to talk about it. They announced a bunch of Avatar sequels like to J, J, James Cameron. That mm-hmm. the guy? Yeah. Um, I think to, so. To his uh, Avatar movie, not the last Airbender, but the the blue guy movie, um, and finally one of them is coming out this year. Sounds like in December, and that's Avatar: The Way of the Water. I don't care at all for Avatar. I was one of the few people that seemed to not care for it at all. I actually fell asleep with the three D glasses over my normal glasses in theaters while watching this shit. It was such a long <laughs> just story that I've been that have been told and watched movies of over and over again throughout my life. So hmm. the fact that they announced so many sequels and one of them's coming, uh, yippee. Yeah. I mean yeah, I mean like I feel like Avatar kind of got into this like documentary esque vibe when you started watching the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a little it, bit. it kinda kinda got into that a little bit where it's like, okay, we get this there's a story. Like you don't need to narrate it four different times. Like <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, but I, I think that there are there's a a fan base for the Avatar movies. Oh, yeah. I think that they the the story is great. Do I think it's a little bit too long of a movie? Yeah, I I would say it's a little long for me personally. But that's just my own opinion. But I'm excited to see where they take it because these sequels might be shorter because they maybe are coming out with so many of them. They're like we have 
14 hours of, you know, we're not releasing a 14 hour movie. We're just going to release them in like two hour chunks, which would be perfect and ideal, I think, for for that style of movie, because the the three hour movie was a little rough, a little, a little rough to sit through. I mean, I don't I, I know that yours was like sleeping through half of it, but <laughs> at least at least for me, I'm like at the two hour mark. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, at this point, I'm going to go out and get some food, come back. Did you ever watch Avatar, Scott? Or do you care about any of the sequels? Yeah, I um, I mean, I didn't watch it in 3D because I I actually wear glasses. You know, I I need them to see far away, so I don't wear them at the computer. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but I I do wear glasses, and I I actually the first 3D movie I went to go see after I had glasses was the other Avatar movie, <laughs> which <laughs> was not a good movie, by the way. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And and but yeah, the whole 3D glasses over glasses, it sucks. I don't like it. I don't do 3D movies, you know. Um but I did go see Avatar in in theaters and I thought it was I thought it was great, but you know, I'm kind of with with you guys on this one. It was uh it was just too long, you know. I did stay awake, so I'm better than Kevin. But <laughs> that's not hard. But uh, you know, there's <laughs> there's times when like it's come on Netflix, you know. And I'm like, I want to watch this again. It's a good movie, right? And I have never successfully sat there and watched it again. And I think that's kind of telling because I've watched The Lord of the Rings so many times. You know, the extended edition, I don't care, Mm -hmm. you know. But I cannot sit there and watch the Avatar movie all at once. I just can't. I'm right there with you. And it's weird, too, because I could watch, like, the original Star Wars trilogy back-to-back, like, all three of them in one sitting, and be okay. And that's, like, six and a half, seven hours worth of movie. I can watch mm-hmm. probably one and a half of the Lord of the Rings extended cut before having to get up and take a break, and then maybe the next day watch the other half. Yeah, Avatar, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't get through. I'm, I'm wondering if, because of the, the, the success of all the MCU movies and how long a lot of those are, if that's what they're going to be going for, because they announced like, I think seven sequels to this movie already, like years ago. And this Jeez. is finally the first one we're getting. I wonder if they're seven. kind of, yeah, it's something like that. I, I don't know if they've scaled back since then. I could I have know. missed something in the last, you know, four or five years, but yeah, I wonder if they're going to mm. be taking kind of an MCU approach where they're going to introduce different characters. And I don't know. It seems like a lot of companies are trying to bank off the success of Disney's, success with marvel and i'm not saying that's a bad thing because they are very successful so if you're going to emulate someone may as well be them right a couple other movies that just kind of list them off because they're on on the list i think some people are excited for is the uh batman 2 is coming out um i don't know the exact release date but batman films are just so great i still haven't seen the new batman i'm wanting to go and wanting to see it in the theater um we I've, I've been trying to find a way to be able to do that. Um, Black Adam is releasing, um, you know, the Shazam, I would say like the venom of the Shazam world. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do that. The rock is a fantastic actor. So I believe that that character is going to be played very well, especially by him. Um, and then, one of the other ones, Amsterdam, never heard of anything about that. Just one of the other films that's listed on there. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited because, oh, and Ghostbusters. 
They're doing another Ghostbusters movie, and my mom's entire side of her family is a huge Ghostbusters fans, so I have a feeling that they're going to see that one. I personally probably won't, but it's, it's just exciting to see that they, they're taking these and, and, and still making movies out of them. So Yeah. I haven't seen Ghostbusters Afterlife. I think that's what it's called. I haven't seen that yet, but I'm, I, I'm very happy that they're getting a sequel because I hear it was a good movie. Like, it's just a mm-hmm. fun, like a family-friendly movie. I'm excited yeah. that they're getting a sequel. Uh, they also announced Venom 3 without a release date on yes. that list as well. Yes, and I didn't know there was a Venom 2, but <laughs> that, I know that's that Venom, Venom is... Yeah, Venom, Venom is, I would say, in my top five for, you know, like... I almost want to call him an anti-hero in some cases, because, like, he's not... I wouldn't say he's 100% a villain all the time. Yeah. So it's like... Yeah, and I it, I think that's what they're going... They went for in the movies, is that he's an anti-hero, mm-hmm. you know? Like, he'll, yeah. he'll kill people, but only bad people, you know? So it's okay. <laughs> I didn't read through that yeah. other part of the the other article and stuff. And yeah. I, I, I did touch on it a little bit, because it just kind of caught my interest. It's basically talking about um, what, what are they going to do to improve security in Comic-Cons, CinemaCons, and that kind of stuff, because I guess it was a a lady came into one of the cinema cons to like one of the people who was on the panel and tossed her personal documents from like a, from some lawsuit that was going on. Oh, they served her papers. Yeah. Had, yeah. Yeah. And she had no right in being there and had no idea how they got through. So they're basically talking about how, you know, the ways that they can crack down on security and then making sure that the environment of, you know, the comic cons and that kind of stuff is, is a, is a safe environment where people don't feel like, you know, something like this will happen. Gotcha. So I'm, I'm wondering from like, you know, cause I've never been to comic con or anything like that. So it's like, I know how big events run because I used to work as a security guard. So I understand, you know, the premise of working a large event and understanding the importance of, you know, all the people who are going to be there and it needs to run in such a way. And you got to, you know, thoroughly check everything. So I want to know from like your guys' perspective of if you guys have gone to any types of cons or anything, like what, what makes that, like, do you feel safe in those environments? Is there things that can be improved on? Like what, what, what things are there that you could, see them improving on so that in an instance like this where somebody in that cinematic universe like doesn't feel like somebody's going to come up and serve them legal documents yeah i've never been to a con before um Mm. i don't like people like groups of people so i already don't feel comfortable or safe in large groups so yeah i I don't know what specifics i feel like that's kind of a me problem not a convention problem so i don't know what specifics Mm -hmm. To just large there. large scale events in general if you've been to anything like that i mean at least for me my point my main point would just be having the bodies for it because i know that it's really tough especially if you're doing it as a volunteer position you're not going to get a lot of bodies whereas if you're getting a third party company to hire these people on to do the extra security for it you have to invest a little more and you might not make as much money off of it but it's going to offer at least that security and, and safety that they're looking for. So I think it's more about just investing in it more rather than just like, okay, we're just going to put dudes who are in, you know, khakis and a polo with a metal wand. And that's, you know, that's what they get. There's nothing else there. You know, like if you're really staging it in such a way where you're like, 
looking through bags and being thoroughly detailed and have like a way of getting everybody in and out in such a way. So that was really just the main part of the article. Gotcha. So, Scott, I didn't know if you had anything on that or anything. Um, I mean, not, in that manner. No, not too much, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm with Kevin. I don't, I don't really go to cons. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not a big, uh, I'm not big on crowds. Um, right. But I will say, uh, you know, my, my girlfriend, she went to NecoCon, which is, or no, KatsuCon, which is the one that happens in DC, like in the DC area every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did have one, you know, where we're from down in uh, Hampton, Virginia, which is NecoCon. You know, and I've had friends that have gone there, you know, so I've heard about it. And I, you know, everyone seems pretty comfortable there. You know, I've never heard mm-hmm. anything about, you know, stuff like this, but I think it's definitely something being that's been spotlighted recently, you know, and maybe it's because we're paying a little more attention after like, you know, with COVID and everything, you know, a lot of places were cracked down on like, are people getting in with their, you know, they've been cleared with the vaccine or, you know, and stuff like that. Um, you know, we had the the concert, what was it? Travis Scott, I think it was, you know, where the concert was just overblown past capacity because people were just sneaking in, you know, it's like, okay, one or two, sure. But like, how do there's just tons of people sneak into places and make an unsafe environment just by being there? There's just too many of them, you know? Um, and then, yeah, yeah, like how did this lady get past, you know, security and, and everything to just walk up to a stage and serve someone legal documents, you know? Um, I mean, you know, you, you pay a pretty penny to go to these conventions, some of them, you know? So like, mm. where, what's that money going to? And is security any sort of a priority or not? And I, I guess that's the big question everybody's asking, like, well, is this sort of thing something that could be commonplace and we've just never noticed it? It's mm. a good point. It's a good point. Yeah. Um. I don't know how Frank closes out an episode of Geek Freaks. I don't think I've ever paid attention to that. Um, if there's nothing else that you guys are gonna say, I'm gonna I'll do a, an outro or something. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm just a, uh, I mean, for me, I just had a good time doing this because like it's just it's fun to be able to do podcasts with you know different guys from different parts of the podcast. So it's it's cool to be able to sit down with you guys, you know, from Trek Freaks and somebody who's been here for the old guard and and just, you know. It's been here since before day one, so it's cool to like be a part of it as like the brand new guy almost. <laughs> yeah, it was, where it's like, but then like I'm also cool. kind of the brand new guy because I just sit on Discord and talk shit. That's that's my talent, you know. <laughs> hey, you get to talk shit now, so if you want to uh, get it out to Frank, you may as well put it at the end of the episode. Frank, you suck. <laughs> no, Frank's Frank's great. You know, I mean, no, Frank's awesome. You know, like Taff and I, we. We met playing World of Warcraft, God, what was that, 2008, I think? So, you know, I mean, that's that's where we met, you know, and, and we've just been friends since then, and, and it's one of those friendships where, you know, sometimes I'll go off and I'll play another game, you know, and mm-hmm. he'll still be playing, like, World of Warcraft or whatever at the time, and, and I'm like, nah, screw that game, the game sucks, you know, so I'm gonna go play something <laughs> else. There'd be times we wouldn't talk for, like, a year, you know, and I'd be like, mm-hmm. hey, there's new expansions coming out, are you playing? And, and it's like our friendship never stopped you know it's yeah. just like i don't have to be up your butt every day for us to still be cool you know um but yeah, yeah you know ever since i found out about his you know he started this podcasting you know thing and um you know i just wanted to be here to support him um 
you know, and I just know he needed people for today. So, you know, that that's mostly why I'm here. But, you know, yeah, I mean, I had a good time. I think um, Tyler, you know, Tyler, you're you're more positive than I am. You know, like he's got a positive. I wasn't gonna say it. <laughs> he's got a positive spin for everything. You know, whereas I'm pretty pessimistic, and Kevin's kind of in the middle. So I, I think it worked out pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 it's, it's been cool to just like be a part of something different. Because like you know, on 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 my channel, it's all fighting game stuff, all fighting games all the time. And it's like it's cool to be able to talk about movies, talk about old school games, talk about you know just a bunch of different stuff. So. It's just been it's been cool to be a part of. So, Frank, thanks for letting us, you know, take over the show. If you ever feel like taking a break again, you know, the <laughs> B team you can call. Oh, I, at this point, I was going to say that I don't think we're the B team anymore. I think we're I think we're like neck and neck with whoever else Frank wants to put up there now. So I, we are the A. We are the A minus. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. The, the A minus team. Make make the shirt, Frank. Make the shirt. <laughs> yes, Scott needs to be represented on a geek, shirt. Finally, geek freaks geek A minus. A minus. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to have like a, uh, a a shoulder patch or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The A minus crew. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in on that. <laughs> all right, guys. That's all. Invest. That's all we got for you this week uh i think frank will be back next week but if not you've got more a minus people coming by so (laughs) (laughs) join us next week and like i said there's a round three geek freaks interviews and a trek freaks all coming out this week so stay tuned listen to those as well thank you for listening see ya see ya thank you for joining us on the geek freaks podcast you can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.